Uncle Owen! It's R2 unit has a bad motivator, look! Having trouble with your drug? Your drug? These two droids. Both are hard working and will serve you well. Droid. 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 We serve their kind here. You're listening to We Serve Droids, the monthly Star Wars podcast that has only one climate, bad jokes. <laughs> I'm Scott. And I'm Chris. And we're here to talk about a lot of planets with only one climate, because we're going to go through <laughs> our top ten planets of Star Wars. Uh, very very well put. Very well put. I think there might only be, what, two planets on this list, maybe, that have <laughs> actually have more than one client or climate. <laughs> a noticeable weather, weather pattern? Yeah. <laughs> Being a meteorologist in Star Wars has to be the easiest job. <laughs> Your Camino forecast is more rain. And 100% humidity. A chance of Pteranodon flying out of the water. <laughs> so, Chris, I uh, might fade out on you because I have a bad case of the itis. Oh, no, Scott. I had my normal lunch at work, and then there was like an email sent out about a bunch of free Ethiopian food. Oh, nice. I am just stuffed to capacity. So, uh, one thing, though, that might perk me up, Chris, and that's starting off with a game. All right. The name of this game is Who's That Guy? Shall we play a game? I feel like we've played this game a lot previously and just didn't know it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the we're bad at remembering things about Star Wars game. (laughs) So, we're all familiar with various that guys, right? That guys can be a, a man or a woman who appears in multiple movies, usually in kind of minor roles. And so I've assembled a few that guys from Star Wars, and I'm going to give you the role in Star Wars, Chris, and I'm going to see if you can give me uh, one or more of the roles in which you could find that guy someplace else. All right. You ready? Oh, we'll see how this goes. (laughs) I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. I'm going to say that at least four times. I think you've overestimated how many of these I could actually come up with. (laughs) So the first that guy, his call name is Red Six. We all know him as Porkins. Oh, man. I think I I I might actually have one of these. He's uh, he's the uh, infamous uh, top men guy from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? (laughs) Yes, that's absolutely right. Oh, I think I might have one more, come to think of it. (laughs) Who else is he, Chris? I believe in 1989's Batman, he is uh, Detective is it Bullock. Is that right? Eckhart. Eckhart, yes. Hey, Eckhart. Think, think about the future. <laughs> <laughs> I like, like that we both went there. <laughs> yeah, it's a great scene. Right before uh, Jack Nicholson gets dropped in the acid, right? Think about the future. So you are one for one. And uh, now I've got the hardest one, Chris. Oh man! All right, let's go. Do you know where you could, where else you could find the Death Stick guy? You want to buy some Death Sticks? Crap! I I want to say he's is he a musician professionally? Mm-mm. No. All right, I'm thinking. Of no, these else. are all act. Well, he may be, but I've I've got a an acting role for him uh. in another science fiction franchise. Hmm. 
No idea. Can you even hit him about the franchise, maybe? The movie came out in 1999. Oh, is he, uh, wow. This is, uh, crap. The young guy from The Matrix. Uh, what's his yeah. name? Oh, man. I, I knew it, but I didn't know it. Uh, what's his name? Mouse? <laughs> He's Mouse. Mouse. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You got it. Uh, of all, like, the hacker he code, is- code name. <laughs> Neo Morpheus Trinity Trinity. (laughs) Mouse. So, fun fact about this, Chris, is right. So, Mouse in the Matrix was the programmer, and he programmed the simulation that had the lady in the red dress. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, asks uh, Neo later about the the lady in the red dress. Mm -hmm. That lady in the red dress is also in the nightclub in Attack of the Clones. Really? Yeah, the same crazy. actress appears in the Outlander Club. Maybe they only ex- they exclusively work together. They have to appear in, in the same movies. <laughs> it's in their contract. Mm-hmm. It's led to some fun fan theories that I discovered that Attack of the Clones, maybe even all of Star Wars, is just a program that Mouse created to occupy their time <laughs> on the, uh, not the Nostromo, whatever their ship is. Oh, um, Nebuchadnezzar. All right, so, uh, you know, that one with a hint, you got it. And the last one I think you'll know, this is the ultimate that guy in Star Wars, because he appears in everything. And this is General Veers from Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I think also a, uh, I think also a, uh, is he, in, no, I'm sorry, an Indiana Jones alum, I guess, in that sense, because I think he's, uh, uh, I forget the character's name in um, uh, Last Crusade, uh, his name doesn't matter. You might know something about the way he chooses. <laughs> Poorly. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Julian Glover is the actor. Mm. And uh, in addition to the general who leads the landing party on Hoth, he is the the archaeologist who chooses poorly in Last Crusade. <laughs> Do you know any other uh, media he's in, Chris? Some big name, big name media he's in. Wasn't he, um... Uh... Was it? He was, was he? He was one of the. Wasn't he one of the the like the main kind of maester in King's Landing in Game of Thrones? Yeah, he was uh, Grand Maester Pycelle. Pycelle, thank you. In Game of Thrones, um, I'm sure I've seen him in some other stuff. I just can't think of it. I, that's just the most recent thing I think I remember him from. Yeah, well, that's. I'm very impressed that you knew Pycelle. I knew he was the guy that chose poorly. I didn't know Pycelle. And here's a fun one, Chris. He is also Aris Christatos. The villain from For Your Eyes Only. Really? Yeah, one of the top two or three Roger Moore Bond movies, right? He also, I think, voiced a giant spider in Harry Potter, I saw. Oh, wow. Okay. So this guy gets Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Bond, and Harry Potter. Yeah, everything he touches turns to gold, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Since he was in For Your Eyes Only, that leads to a special bonus question, Chris. (laughs) So, I think it's at the beginning of For Your Eyes Only. It has a very comical scene where Ernst Blofeld is dropped off of a helicopter yeah, I think into a right. huge chimney. Yeah. <laughs> Can you picture this? Yeah. Oh, I remember the scene well. <laughs> Do you know, so the guy who plays, because, you know, there's like a bunch of actors have played mm-hmm. Ernst Blofeld. Yeah. Uh, do you know who plays him there? What Star Wars character Oh, ugh. I have no idea. Like, ugh. 
Because I think you only do you only see like the back of his head in this sh- in that scene, or am that's I- correct. Okay, so I'm thinking of the right one. I have no idea. This is a pretty fun one, Chris. That bald-headed white guy is Lobot. Really? Oh, it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> bald-headed white guys. That's his thing. I guess. Yes, he knew. We know what what he did after uh, after Lando left Cloud City. <laughs> <laughs> I have been waiting for you, Mister Solo. <laughs> the the carbonite chamber is a very James Bond sort of sort of fate to befall someone. I think. Absolutely. I expect you to freeze. <laughs> <laughs> the um, Star Wars and Indiana Jones crossover got got th- brought one to mind. I might, I might throw one your way on the fly if you want me. Yeah, go for it. I might give it to you backwards here. So I think in in Last Crusade, you know, they end up in in Berlin, right, and uh, in like a book burning rally, and who should show up but but you know the big man himself, Uncle Adolf. Yes. So, who who does he uh, he uh, he appears as someone in Star Wars? I think in Empire. Oh my goodness! I, this is one I did not know. Is he? I mean, I'm just gonna go maybe too much by the uniform. Is he an Imperial officer? You, yeah, you're right on the money. Oh gosh, who could he? He has a name, and he's an, he's not Piet. Now think 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 up the chain a little bit. Nima? Ne- it's something like that. Captain Nita? Uh no, up, up the chain a little more. Up the chain. Okay, it's the guy that gets that gets choked out yes. the Piet's predecessor. Yeah, I think uh, his name's Ozzel? Ad- Ad- yeah, Admiral Ozzel. Admiral Ozzel? I think Oh wow. I, I'm I'm pretty sure Hitler's Admiral Ozzel. I think I I think I remember that. <laughs> I might be remembering that wrong. Let me If it's made it into the podcast, then it's correct <laughs> and I didn't edit it out. That's great. That's one I just remembered after you when you when you brought all that up. Man, who knew? <laughs> you think you know a guy. <laughs> you think you know Adolf Hitler. <laughs> and he's been Admiral Ozzel this whole time. <laughs> you know those uh, scenes from that movie, The Downfall, where they always add the like funny subtitles yeah. to Hitler's rant? Yeah. <laughs> I love to see him somehow like mix in that scene where he's autographing... <laughs> the henry jones diary you know somehow like he's talking about like remembering the time he met indiana jones and didn't realize it was him and it like flashes back to that yeah it does like the uh like the the wavy the wavy like fate like like i remember this one time and then like the yeah it does the wayne's world other ending wave internet you've heard it make it happen We would do it, but we're not even good at making podcasts. <laughs> I can't imagine what would happen if we had to contend with two forms of media, both audio and video. <laughs> <laughs> I got to edit in Mr. Burns going, ketchup, ketchup. <laughs> that would be us standing in the aisle. I'm in way over my head. All right. This has done the trick and woken me up for us to jump into our top 10 planets. You ready, Chris? Oh, let's do it. Look, sir. What have we here? Look, sir. Oh, what a mess. With the blast shield down, I can't even see. Look, sir. These aren't the droids you're looking for. All right. So this list, I would have thought that it would have been a stretch to get to 10, and we would have had the exact same 10. And it turned out, you know, we had to leave off some great stuff, and we didn't 
come up with the same list or the same ranking or anything. Yeah, we really had a, like a nice influx of planets with the uh, more recent movies here, in my opinion. Like just a lot of a lot of good quality contenders to make our lives more difficult here when trying to prune everything down. <laughs> yeah, so our first two, the nine and ten spot came in at a tie, and they are both from new movies. So one of those at the nine ten spot is Scarif from, I believe, Rogue One, right? Mm-hmm. That's it. You had it ranked eighth, and I had it unranked. It's it's easy one to leave off, but I just I'm a sucker for it. It's you know he doesn't like a good planetary size shield, and you know like a James Bond esque secret imperial base on a tropical island. Just want Christopher Lee out there on the dock, just waiting for us with uh, <laughs> with knickknack. I wasn't really thinking about the shield when I ranked it because the shield is really cool. And I think the shield is enough to warrant it being on our list. So I'm glad you put it there. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I kind of tried to rank mine based on like, you know, the, like the planetary, like, you know, scene bits and then like, you know, maybe the stuff that happens, you know, like around it or like space battles around it or, you know, other stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I mean, I included like architecture and species and that kind of stuff in mine as well. At least I say I tried to do that. I may have just gone by, uh, <laughs> gone by sentimentality here. We'll know as the list drags on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the shield is cool. It does kind of remind me, you know, when they're Cassian and Jen are on the beach about to die. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of the end of Deep Impact. Oh, yeah. When the MSNBC journalist and her dad die on the beach. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe I deducted points for making me think of Deep Impact. <laughs> You're... Of the of like the uh of the famous Hollywood pairs movie that come out like the same time you were an Armageddon fan. Not, not deep yeah, I, I much prefer Armageddon and all of its <laughs> cheesy glory. And it's the right call in my opinion too. Is there any chance we could ever get a Steve Buscemi in a Star Wars property? Oh, I'd hope so. That's a thing I'd love to happen. I want that now. Yeah, absolutely. He really really brings up Armageddon if you ask me. He is in that movie, correct? Yeah, he is. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That was Bruce Willis, Scott. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone, I get this too confused. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I feel like Scarif is the planet most likely to have a tiki bar on it. Mm, that's a good one. And I really like that aspect of it. Yes. You can make some nice, uh, like, Apocalypse Now jokes, you know, during the uh, the battles. Mm, yeah. I uh, I bet the mug, the tiki mug, could be shaped like one of those uh, shore trooper helmets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like the shore troopers, Chris. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I think we made. I think we made that point. You like those? You know, you send stormtroopers to like Tatooine of all places, and you know the regular armor's fine. You know, it's once you get a beach involved and. The, <laughs> They're the, the most casual yeah. stormtroopers out there. Do you think it's a case of, you know, like they're, uh, they've all, you know, pulled rank to get assigned to this, you know, like secret tropical island. So they're just like, we can do what we want at this point. Oh yeah. They're all like some, some, someone's like nephew. Exactly. Yeah. Some, some big shot clones, clone nephew. Mm, It's like when like the, uh, you know, like all the, the leaders in your company decide to have like the, uh, the annual like executive company meeting, you know, and, uh, you know, in some, some tropical island somewhere at the beach or something like that. 
<laughs> right. I was thinking like the cushy, like, oh, you'll get to be ambassador to, you know, Denmark. Exactly. Or Bermuda or, or somewhere really nice, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, real real cush assignment. Yeah, if people don't remember what these shore trooper looks shore troopers look like, they don't even wear pants. <laughs> right? They have like sweatpants on. Yeah. <laughs> and their armor kind of looks like hockey pad Batman from the beginning of Dark Knight. <laughs> that's a good that's a good analogy. <laughs> One of those death troopers should have said that, like, I'm not the stormtrooper, we're in hockey pants. Uh, That's one of the most favorite lines from that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was actually Steve Buscemi playing Batman. (laughs) You got anything else about Scarif, Chris? Uh, That's about it for me on old Scarif here. Intercepted Imperial transmission, Mom. Rebels on Scarif. So then the next one tied with Scarif came in eighth in my ranking and not ranked on yours and it was what we always call new dagobah and i think its official name is acto bless you <laughs> i make no apologies for that joke but that's gonna be the worst joke of the night i know <laughs> i just i can't take that planet's name seriously i'm sorry yeah they knew what they were doing it's new dagobah to us yes <laughs> and hopefully in the hearts of all of our listeners so, obviously, like you with Scarif, I'm judging it on the basis of, like, the one island we see. But I think it's uh, really cool. I think that the, you know, the real-life place that it was filmed is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Mm-hmm. And just like a lot of islands, you know, they're the places on Earth that look the most otherworldly, oftentimes. A sort of, like, Darwin, Galapagos Island kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I love the look of it. I love the huts that are there. I love the, you know, the stairs that kind of climb up it. Mm-hmm. They're very, like, Bride has to climb to Pi May yes. and Kill Bill. Yes. And, you know, I love the fish nuns. There you know is. I love the porgs. I'm a huge <laughs> porg fan. I like that thing, uh, Luke Milks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What are your thoughts on New Dagobah or, or fish nuns or any of it? Yeah, I agree. This was if I if I had to uh, redo my list again, it may, it may have made it on there. I found, I mean, like a lot of the ones we do, I found the bottom half of my list very tough to do and almost ever changing, just based on you know how I was feeling whenever I was doing it. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a real solid contender. I I mean, I I'd I'd, uh, I'd agree with it being in the top ten for sure. Yeah, I feel like you talked me into Scarif, and I'm talking you in the new Dagobah. <laughs> It's what we're here for. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the the tree library? Yeah, it's. I, I was kind of after I saw the combined list here, I was kind of thinking back and everything, you know, on, on the on the planet, and you know that that jumped out at me as a big thing. Um, I thought it was it was cool. We don't see a lot of you know. I think that was mainly the one of the it's larger pieces of sort of natural vegetation we see on the island. Yeah, because that's an all-in-studio kind of thing. Yeah. I think the real island must not have much. No, I don't think so. I'm just, yeah, like, just the the cinematic island. Mm-hmm. Right, but, right. Yeah, I like that, um, you know, the whole sort of, like, on, on actual Dagobah, the uh, kind of the washed-out hole by the ocean where Ray Fulton has her... Um, Your Twin Peaks vision. Yes, thank you. The, the Twin Peaks moment. Did you think, like, it was cool to have the library in a tree, or did you think it was kind of dumb, or what? Yeah, it didn't really seem terribly out of place to me, come to think of it. I kind of wish that 
when they walked into the into the tree library, that librarian from episode two <laughs> had been hanging out in the tree. Jocasta knew that if an item does not appear in our records, it does not exist. She's working with a lot less uh, lot less funding these days, but she keeps a she keeps a tidy shelf. I work at a university, and I've been to our like rare books section of the library. Mm-hmm. You got to like sign a form and wear like you know latex gloves when you handle them. Mm-hmm. And the Jedi are not into that kind of <laughs> pr- preservation. Yes, to say the least. Just you know, out here in the you know this damp tree, it's fine. That's <laughs> right. that's where paper excels, right? And <laughs> And damp, temperature-shifting environments. That's good. (laughs) Definitely. With probably a lot of, like, salt in the air. (laughs) So, coming in next in our list, one that I ranked seventh, and that also uh, really surprised me to see it not in your list, was uh, the the OG Dagobah. Not a a Swamp Man, Scott. I guess that's really what it comes down to. (laughs) (laughs) Like DC, you have canceled Swamp Man. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think... In my heart of hearts, I might actually like New Dagobah better, but I just couldn't rank it ahead of the original Dagobah. Yeah, I I ran into that problem too <laughs> with with other planets. I think that it's getting Yoda points for me. Mm-hmm. Just like it has Yoda, so it's good in my mind. That counts. I mean, like that's that that factors into it, at least based on you know the way I've ranked other planets. When you were a kid, did you think that? Yoda was from Dagobah like that was his planet of origin yeah I mean it it didn't I mean of course they never really said anything I mean it wouldn't have surprised me he seemed very at home there you don't see you know anyone else there aside from you know other wildlife but yeah I guess I would have would have assumed that to be the case I mean if you're gonna go live off by yourself somewhere you'd probably return to somewhere familiar it's very full of life you know, mm-hmm. trees, vines, plants, mm-hmm. snakes, birds. Why did it have to be snakes? Very, like, sort of rainforest-like. Mm-hmm. What was that? Why did it have to be snakes? <laughs> that snake was in Raiders of the I'm sorry, I've got Indiana Jones in the brain now. There's worse ways to go through life. This is your brain on drugs. But I just think with all the sort of life around it, mm-hmm. like, what a perfect place for, you know, a master of the... The living force ah, to live out his dying days. Good point. Also, the spooky tree. Gotta love the spooky tree. Yeah. It's, I guess, a cave that's sort of inside of the roots of the tree. Yeah. Where Luke has his vision. Is that what, the way it works? That's, that's the, always the way I understood it. It was just kind of fun. I don't know if it was just vines or a tree, but I just that's always kind of how I've internally referred to it as. Do you think there's something biblical going on there? And a sort of tree of knowledge of good and evil. Ooh, that's, I had never thought about that. Yeah, I didn't until you mentioned it just now, because another tree that's sort of prominent is something I never really noticed because I wasn't paying attention to like the whole screen, but Yoda's hut is like built into the roots of a tree. And so I wonder if you get a sort of tree of life, Yoda's home, tree of knowledge of good and evil abode of the dark side or, or whatever he calls it. I can't remember. I like that. Oh, I really like that. That's that's canon now in my book. Yeah, there's some snakes slithering around, which also give it a sort of Eden-like quality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is, you know, some naked people running around the background. 
Yoda takes his pants off. <laughs> I mean, we don't really we don't really know what he's wearing under that uh that that little robe he's got on. We serve droids answering the important questions. <laughs> Where does Yoda poop? <laughs> <laughs> there there wasn't a swap there when he, when he first arrived. <laughs> After 900 years, look as good. Your septic tank will not. <laughs> yeah, I like that. He's just living in filth. <laughs> yeah, he's just, just really let himself go. <laughs> There's just like empty Mountain Dew cans strewn <laughs> all over the place. Just like tumbleweeds of empty like Dorito chip bags, <laughs> stuff like that. I would apologize to any of our listeners who live in West Virginia, but I doubt there are any. <laughs> I worked in West Virginia for one summer, and I swear everyone's like yard was like that. It was like some gross, like you know, sewage swamp from their septic tank, <laughs> just filled with like potato chip bags and Mountain Dew cans. Take me home, country road. <laughs> <laughs> You had his favorite song. Yeah. Just listens to John Denver all day long. I like how Dagobah has that pterodactyl flying across the screen. Oh, yeah. Very Pee-wee's Playhouse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, in my head, I just saw, uh, like, Pee-wee's Playhouse, but of course it's, it's Yoda, and he's, uh, like, going into his hut. <laughs> That'd be great. All, like, he has the chair, yeah. and... <laughs> when Obi-Wan Kenobi's force ghost appears <laughs> It says Mecca like a high Mecca honey honey ho Disney we know you're listening Let's let's get that get that ball rolling too I don't know I have no thoughts about Dagobah No I think we've uh, I think we've gotten everything we can out of old, old Dagobah there <laughs> So yeah I guess that takes us up to Number 7 on our list And Chris this is Was ranked 5th on yours And unranked on mine it's Naboo. I was surprised this one didn't make it onto uh, onto your list. I mean, Naboo, you know, you know, featured prominently in the prequels. Obviously, it has to be you know one of the I guess only plans to see with you know multi kind of a multi species thing going on. So you've got you know all the Nubian architecture up top, and you know all the great I guess practical places they actually filmed um, for a lot of it, and then you know everything Gungan related, you know, down below. And of course, the planet core. <laughs> the one thing I know about Naboo, Chris, is that there's always a bigger fish. Indeed. <laughs> Not once, but twice that gag works, apparently. I think, and this is kind of dumb, but I think that if it had just been the underwater Gungan stuff, I probably would have ranked it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't know why. Like, uh, like the rest of it seems a little too Earth-like for me. Mm-hmm. But I love those Jabberjaw cities down there. <laughs> or that, uh, what was that video game that was in that underwater city? Oh, uh, Bioshock? Yeah, yeah. Maybe Bioshock is canonical Jabberjaw. Waiting for that DLC anytime now. <laughs> the, the guy's like... <sighs> Uh, and then you just hear like, <laughs> uh, need to need to find like a way to just replace all the sound files and in, in that game with just just Jabberjaw <laughs> clips. Yeah, I mean Naboo's great. It was one I thought about. Like you said, that they find some fun real life Earth places to shoot it. The architecture's cool. Um, the underwater stuff is great, and I love the. I guess I didn't give it any extra credit for like liking the spaceships. Yeah, I, I probably subconsciously did that, if I'm honest. I mean, I guess the Darth Maul fight, 
But other than that, like, there's not a scene that I love on Naboo. Darth Maul is kind of what pushed it over the edge for me when I when I was thinking about it. It's that whole that whole uh, sequence there in that crazy room behind the uh, <laughs> behind the hangar. I guess we assume this is the home world of of Palpatine. I, th- I believe canonically it is. Yeah. Does it ever strike you how like nonplussed Queen Amidala is to learn that her senator has become Supreme Chancellor? Oh, like when when it's actually revealed. Yeah. Um. Or he's like, oh, yeah, I've been nominated Chancellor. And she's like, yeah, yeah, who cares? Yeah. And then later when he has been, I just thought that would be like a huge deal. Yeah, I mean, I imagine it would be. Maybe, uh, I mean, maybe maybe when she found out she was nominated, he was like, all right, you're a fringe candidate. You know, he's like the, uh, he's the, the Ross Perot or whatever of the, uh, <laughs> you know, the the senatorial <laughs> chancellorship Seth runoff. Seth on the debate stage. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I could, I, mean, I could see that being a big deal. I mean, unless the chancellorship, had, I mean, I know it was they had a lot of problems with, I guess, how ineffectual the previous chancellor was. So I'm not sure if maybe it was more of a figurehead position or something like that previously. Uh, it's like having the vice president be from your state, exactly. Like yeah, a big whoop. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, there's my quick headcanon rationale for that, but. Yeah, I could see it being like a, you know, all right, big deal. Now you've just made us had to find someone else to replace you. Thanks for that. Yeah, it has those big, uh, you know, deer tick cows <laughs> that I don't love. Also, all those those, uh, those episode two love scenes that you don't love. Uh, they suck even more life out of its host than a tick. <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I'm just a little ambivalent about about Naboo. There's stuff I love and stuff that I don't. But I'm happy to have it on our official We Serve Droids list. You better have those units from the South Range repaired by midday or they'll be held with you. Well, from there, we get to the only planet that occupied the exact same place in our ranking. You ranked it sixth, I ranked it sixth, and here it is sixth, El Camino. I mean, when we nail it, we nail it. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> the moment everyone tuned into this podcast for. <laughs> you hear what we thought about El Camino. For the, what, second second episode in a row? Architecture is cool. Water is cool. <laughs> <laughs> the pteranodon that comes out of the water is cooler than Dagobah's pterodactyl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Caminoans. The very cool alien. Mm. Cool design. I love the uh, our head cannon that you came up with. The, the clone assembly line is just for show. Yeah, <laughs> and there's a much more gruesome real factory underwater. Yeah, this the the iceberg theory. It's a post Greenland Antarctica Earth. Mm-hmm. Here's some more tie-ins we could do. Maybe uh, maybe the events of Waterworld just took place, you know, millions <laughs> of years ago on Camino, <laughs> and you know that's that's what it's like now. When we were coming with this list, I tried to come up with a Waterworld joke for Camino, <laughs> and it occurred to me I've never seen Waterworld. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can... I mean, I feel like it's something you probably should see, but I can't really <laughs> recommend it. If it have, let's let's quickly go... Have you seen The Postman, Scott? I was about to say everything I was going to write about it. I just like, oh wait, that's The Postman. <laughs> 
after making three postman jokes, I realized I'd never seen Waterworld. Yeah, I, I think you, you've probably seen Waterworld. You just haven't seen Waterworld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to, if you want to see a, a very fun performance by um, Dennis Quaid, I'm always game for that. It's a, it's it's a lot of fun. I'll say that. Do you think there's any non-water parts of Camino? Mm. Like, are there any? Is there any dry land? Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'm not sure. I wonder if it's if it's just kind of like uh, like instead of like you know multiple like tectonic plates or you know volcanic activity, there's just like kind of like one big volcano, like Olympus Mons. Oh, that'd be cool. So just like one kind of continent. Yeah, it's just just full of flat and full of water on one end, and it's like it's like a big sort of mountainous region on the other side or something like that. That'd be kind of fun. I'd like to see that. Show us the other side <laughs> of Camino. I mean, maybe maybe Camino's flat, Scott. You know, <laughs> who, who can say? I mean, maybe there's just water is just you know falling off the edges constantly. It's water all the way down. Yes. <laughs> Got anything else about uh, El Camino? Nah, it's it for me on El Camino. There, I've I've made my uh, mandatory water world joke, so <laughs> contractually, I'm allowed to move on. Well, we are just zooming right through this list, Chris. And this takes us to, I thought we would have hit it sooner, but our first desert planet, Geonosis. <laughs> you had it seventh, I had it fourth. Yeah, I mean, again, we, we kind of hit on this one recently, but yeah, just another really cool, interesting planet, you know, both, you know, architecturally and then, you know, kind of what occurs on it. I even took into account the uh, the asteroid scene when Obi-Wan's chasing old Jango Fett on their way there. Yeah, those ring, those rocky rings around the planet are what part of what made it so high for me. Well, I think we mentioned this. Yeah, one of the few ring planets we kind of see in Star Wars. I'm going to put that as a prediction. I bet we get a ringed planet pretty soon. That'd be cool. A more Saturn-like ring. Maybe, uh, maybe in Episode Nine, there'll just be like a ring of just like Death Star debris around <laughs> wherever, what around which whichever Death Star we're seeing in the old teaser there. Right, that'd be cool. A few, like, stormtroopers, their oxygen hasn't quite run out yet. (laughs) (laughs) They've been living on, like, you know, whatever kind of, like, soylent green tablets are are stashed in their armor. (laughs) I was imagining more of, like, a Donner Party type situation going on. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) Yeah. A real, like, uh, raft at the end of Titanic. Yeah. There's just, like, a really icy, like, stormtrooper corpse holding on. Yeah. It looks like a... Uh, Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining, something like that. <laughs> They're gonna say it looks like Princess Leia when she's floating in space. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> in Last Jedi. Yeah, so Geonosis has cool rings, and uh, I mentioned last month. I I love the architecture on that planet. I love the species, the Geonosians, despite them being led by a uh, someone who's you know styled themselves the lesser. <laughs> is a modest man of the people (laughs) always good to set expectations low then no one's disappointed they can only be pleasantly surprised right (laughs) it wasn't like you know we're gonna build a death star and the banking clan's gonna pay for it (laughs) he didn't set up high expectations he's like yeah we're gonna build it It's, it's it's probably not gonna be very good it's gonna be easy to blow up probably shouldn't do this but we're going to do it, and we're going to pay for it. There's no way this, this Sith guy is going to betray us. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> right. Right. Look, guys, I'm I'm not Poggle the Greater, okay? 
I didn't make any promises here. <laughs> right, you're the idiots who appointed me. Yeah, it's it's what you see in the box, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like the caves. I like the, I guess, sort of reddish kind of Monument Valley mm-hmm. color palette. Yeah. You know, probably the the coolest, you know, sort of army fighting army scene we get in Star Wars to date. Yeah, all those, like, the things with wheels kind of jumping up over the the craters and stuff. Mm -hmm. All the dust kicking up off the planet. Hey, Chris, I wasn't planning on bringing this up, but bringing up that dust reminded me. You hate sand? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So... On the We Serve Droids Twitter, mm. I've been coming up with all these awful Star Wars limericks. Oh. <laughs> almost inspired by, like, uh, that NPR show, uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And so I had one about this dust on Geonosis that gets kicked up. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those big trade federations balls, falls, and it just kicks dust up. And it just, you see these poor clone troopers getting just, like, smothered by all this, like dust and trade federation ship debris so i had composed a a limerick about that and i can read it to you if you'd like that geonosis dust has an acrid aroma the smell alone could put you in a coma if you're afraid of death better hold your breath bet those clones got mesothelioma (laughs) i can hear the daytime tv commercial now scott have you or a loved one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all those clones are calling that lawyer yeah. there's no way that there wasn't just like tons of asbestos in those uh trade federation balls yeah i mean you know they weren't you know building stuff to code there in the old trade federation any any corner cut you got a great class action lawsuit going so if any of our listeners want to hear any more of these horrible limericks be sure to follow uh at we serve droids on twitter you can hear other great ones like Oh, here's one for our next planet, Chris. Oh, go for it. So, coming at number four is Endor. You ranked it fourth, and I ranked it fifth. And this limerick is composed from the point of view of Chewbacca. There's an animal in a tree. Take a looky. It smells just like some delicious cookie. Suddenly, oh snap, now we're all in a trap. Everyone hates the hungry Wookiee. <laughs> I'm probably scaring more people away from our Twitter feed, but that's okay. <laughs> they knew what they were getting into. If if if, if limericks is what, what turns you away from us at this point, you know. We can pivot away from, from my dumb limericks back to uh <laughs> back to indoor here. So you had indoor ranked fourth, Chris. Yeah. I'll I'll admit to some uh nostalgia nostalgic influence there. Oh, I assumed it was entirely because of the Ewok special. Uh, I mean, that's that's a large part of it, if I'm honest. <laughs> I found out, as I was looking some stuff up, compiling this list, Chris, do you remember... I don't know why I'm asking like you don't. you remember the guy who was special editioned into the Max Rebo band in Return of the Jedi? You, you mean the singer? Yeah. Yeah. That was a guy? Who's like uvula, we see? Well, I don't know <laughs> what he was. <laughs> Yeah, I, I remember. I remember the uh, yes, that haunts my dreams every night, <laughs> and has since 1997. <laughs> <laughs> we get a close uvula 
I'm uh, sorry, we got a uvula close up like we did from that whale and that cartoon <laughs> that I swallowed a three opera singers. <laughs> do you know what all I'm talking about? I do. Mammy's little baby loves shortening, shortening. Mammy's little baby loves shortening bread. <laughs> okay, so that guy with the uvula, he is apparently, according to the Wikipedia, from Endor. Really? Yeah, he's a native. So, so in confirmed indoor species here, we've got Ewoks, the Gorax, and that guy? Yes. <laughs> Even scarier than the Gorax. I know. I mean, that's that's no mean feat. Mason Sindler are like, we're mom and dad. <laughs> and they like find out he's being held by that guy, and the Ewoks are like, they're dead. <laughs> you can never go back for them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just kinder to tell them they're dead at that point. It's, it's better for them to believe a Gorax ate them <laughs> than to know their true fate. <laughs> I wonder if that's what the, the little cage the Gorax is building was for, was for that guy. Oh, yeah. Like a, like a songbird. Yeah. <laughs> he had kept it to sing and finally, like that harp in the Mickey Mouse Jack and the Beanstalk. Mm-hmm. The Yasm, I think, is that kind of creature. Oh, man. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. The Gorax had to... After like a day, he threw him out. I like to think he just he just went outside and just threw him so hard he just left the atmosphere and landed <laughs> on Tatooine. <laughs> That's great. Like they, they throw it into space hoping it'll die and it just, you know, like lands <laughs> on another planet. <laughs> they just see it like when you see the uh, alien like slowly going off into space <laughs> when it gets kicked off the Nostromo. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, in tour. The fact that that guy's no longer on it <laughs> makes it really nice. Yeah, I may have to re-rank it number one here if that's the case. <laughs> new new evidence has come to light. So the tree houses mm-hmm. in the Ewok village are great. Mm. The Gorax from yes, uh, the Caravan of Courage has brought our podcast Never Ending Joy. <laughs> if you haven't listened to our Ewok episode, you know, run, don't wait, <laughs> listen to it. I thought you were saying run as in run away. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the, um, I think in a lot of the uh, forces moving around shots, you know, just put people on them like on surface level, you know, there were practical shots. Mm. I think in the, uh, is it the Redwood National Forest, I want to say? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which I guess another example of maybe sort of a, like a real world place looking a little bit, you know, otherworldly, just with those, the scale of those, uh, those Redwoods. Yeah. You and I both love Ewoks. I mean, some people don't, right? We we both are Ewok fans. Yeah. I like how Ewoks are pretty Mad Max, I feel like. <laughs> like when it comes to the other Ewok tribes, they've gotta be. They're just they're screaming witness me and jumping on the top of an ATST. Yeah. They don't mind like a suicide mission. Yeah. And they've got all those like sort of low tech weapons. They're they're totally low tech Mad Max. Do you think the um I guess the head Ewok there with the uh uh, whatever that skull was on its head is the the sort of the Immortan Joe of the Ewoks. Uh, I guess the mask probably makes him more Immortan Joe than Tina Turner. <laughs> that's true. Because there's that other like striped one. Maybe that's the Tina Turner mm-hmm. of of Bright Tree Village. That's the Barter Town. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's yeah. Low gray is the striped one with the mask. Yeah, you know Wicket is that kid who throws the boomerang yeah. that, that cuts people's fingers <laughs> yeah. off? 
Uh, maybe, maybe the Gorax was was the humongous then, or something like that. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Wonderful. We are now a part of the tribe. So number three, and I don't know if this one will be surprising or not to people, is we have, you know, yours and mine favorite capital, not whatever the stupid capital in Force Awakens is. Oh, that is a uh, that is Hosnian Prime. Yeah, right. You get your Hosey and Prime the hell out of here because Coruscant is our number three. You had it ranked second. I had it ranked third. I mean, yeah, a solid pick. I mean, what's not to love about a planet size city? Did you ever read the Foundation series by Isaac Asimov? Uh, I've not, not, not all of them, but yeah, it's has been a while though. Trantor is the the capital of the Galactic Empire there, and I feel like this was a fun sort of. You know, working in in Trantor. I mean, it basically just is the same thing. Yeah. From space, it looks very crop circle-ish. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of like a... Is it is it Paris that has kind of like sort of like kind of the circular kind of um, sections to the city? Yeah, kind of, kind of like kind of sort of like that kind of layout. Just on like a, you know, a much larger scale, obviously. Continent-sized arrondissements or however you say that. <laughs> I'm assuming this is the case, but I think like there's no like square foot of the planet that hasn't been, you know covered and developed at this point which makes me wonder if it ever had like uh you know any kind of like oceans or terrestrial features or anything like that it just kind of got drained of all the like amazing technology that is presupposed for star wars to work the idea of a planet-sized city just existing mm-hmm. i think is the most like fanciful sort of like would require the most technology just the sort of infrastructure nightmare of that yeah of just like you know, producing a Dagobah amount of poop every single day. <laughs> where, where does and like where does it go? Yeah, they just shoot it into the sun. <laughs> Is that Futurama garbage pile? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, could, I mean, it's it's. I mean, probably more of a. More, I mean, more fanciful, and you know, probably the Death Star was easy by comparison when building that to this. It's alluded to that, you know, it's like the, what you're seeing up top is not even, you know, the surface of the planet. I mean, like it, there's just, it's like, just goes down layer upon layer like an onion. Yeah. Like the, uh, was it the, I don't know that it still exists, but like the, was it like called like the walled in city in Hong Kong? Do you kn- know what I'm talking about at all? You're talking about those abandoned, like that kind of abandoned area that was kind of settled by um, people like kind of ad hoc and just kind of like stuff was just kind of tacked onto it. Yeah, I don't know how it's pronounced, like Kowloon or Kowloon Walled City in Hong Kong. And, you know, you can Google it and, and look at the way the pictures are, but it was just like super densely, densely, densely populated. And like you're saying, stuff was just built literally on top of each other. And it's just a tiny area, but it's had this tremendous population. And it was almost like, you know, Escape from New York-esque, yes. like lawless you know, its own rules kind of place in there. Yes, exactly. At least from what I, I mean, that could be totally fake, but that was the sort of perhaps romanticized vision of it given to people in the West. It feels like that just on a, on a planetary scale with, you know, maybe bits of you know, more planning here and there, but just otherwise just, you know, urban sprawl on a planetary scale. I was saying it's got cool sets there. The Jedi Temple is cool. Mm-hmm. The Senate is cool. I mentioned it before. I like that whole ballet sequence oh yeah and revenge of the sith cool future sci-fi stuff all over that city you know we get a lot of uh like flyby shots obviously and you know in episode two and then 
our, our favorite bar and our favorite diner also reside in the planet. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You get uh, as much Jawa juice as you can handle there. <laughs> well, sp- speaking of Jawa juice, do you, do you want to talk about uh, the drink we kind of had in mind for, for our next planet here? Sure. So I assume people knew this next one was going to come come in first or second, but second we have Tatooine and... Like Chris is saying, let me tell, tell everyone about what we're drinking tonight. A medium dry martini, lemon peel, shaken, not stirred. 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 Three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of Kina Lily. Shake it over rice and then add a thin slice of lemon peel. Yes. Right, Star Wars has many desert planets. I mean, just to try to name them all, we've got what, Tatooine? Uh, Jakku... Jeddah, really? Mm-hmm. Geonosis. Yeah, no, no shortage. Does Crate count? The salt planet? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like, is it just like a desert with a layer of salt on top? <laughs> That's what it seems like to me. And we could easily be... Oh, and um, um, I always forget this one. The one in Solo. Oh, um... Savarine, Serene. Yeah, that's right. The Wild Wild West planet. Uh, it's the planet where I expect Brent Spiner and Michael Dorn to be having like a holodeck <laughs> Wild West shootout. A fistful of datas. So there's no shortage of, of wonderful desert planets in Star Wars. And of course, everyone's favorite desert planet is Tatooine. And so we wanted a, a Tatooine-themed drink tonight. And one image that's, you know, I think seared in every Star Wars fan's <laughs> memory. Seared being the operative word here. <laughs> <laughs> it was the uh, smoking corpses of Owen and Baru Lars. <laughs> so what we have tonight is the 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 smoking Lars. Is that what it should be called? I think yeah, I think it's the smoking Lars. I would have felt bad about having the smoking Lars, but after our discovery from episode <laughs> two that the Lars family are you know in the slave trade, I I don't mind it as much. Yeah. This is a very like what was that uh, Tarantino. Django Unchained, yes. you know, um, wish fulfillment revenge on slavers. Yes, exactly. So the smoking Lars is very uh, smoky inspired, very desert inspired. So we have two ounces of mezcal. We have a splash of triple sec or whatever kind of orange liqueur you'd like. We have three quarters of an ounce of cactus fruit juice or prickly pear uh, juice it's sometimes called so chris was able to find this bottled yeah it's uh just this kind of pre-bottled um isn't just kind of like prickly pear syrup is what it was advertised as okay so probably got a lot of little sugar mixed in yeah just a little bit and then i bought a couple prickly pears from my grocery store the ones i bought the spines were already all like scrubbed off but you know if you are buying them, make sure that's a thing, because <laughs> they can hurt to pick up if not. And uh, what you want to do if you get the prickly pears is you kind of cut the the ends of them off, and then cut it in half. If, if it's sort of spherical, but you can see what the ends would be, cut it in half, and then you can kind of like peel the skin off. I did it with two. You could really do it with one, like a good kind of reddish one is when it's ripe. And once you peel the the skin off. Throw it in the blender. You you might need a little bit of water to get it going, but but hope but probably not if it's ripe. And kind of blend it up to get it nice and pulpy. 
But these prickly pears, Chris, they have like almost like rock-like seeds in them. Yeah, you were telling me about that. So once you blend it, you got to strain out the the seeds, and then you get you know per one a nice little bit of liquid out of it, and it's kind of got something in between like a watermelon and a cucumber kind of taste to it. It's pretty tasty. So you need three quarters of an ounce of that, and then a lime wedge and a lemon wedge. And of course, this is the smoking Lars. So what you <laughs> want to do is you want to, if you've been to a lot of fancy high-end bars, you've seen this kind of thing with like an old-fashioned or something, but you want to burn a piece of hardwood. I think I used, I think hickory is what I had, mm-hmm. but in anything will work. You want to set that on fire and then snuff out the fire with the glass and let the smoke kind of kind of waft around it. Good to do when your wife's not home, if you're me, because <laughs> you make the whole house smell like smoke. Yeah, avoid any flammable uh, flammable areas <laughs> when you're doing this. <laughs> what did you use to set yours on fire? I just used a wooden match. Okay. I used the uh, my gas oven range. Yeah, I mean, that, that works too, well, too, from what I've, what I've been told. So, uh, yeah, snuff that out, let the smoke go around the glass, and then you want to... Mix in all the ingredients, right? The mezcal, the splash of triple sec, the fruit juice. Squeeze your lemon wedge and throw the wedge in the glass. Squeeze the lime, throw it in the glass. Stir it up with some ice. And you've got a nice, fun, smoky, kind of margarita-like desert drink. Drink guilt-free. <laughs> right. We're all allowed to not feel bad about their smoking corpses now. So, uh, did, you, did you make one as well? I did. Yeah, I'm real happy with it. Mine is at a level empty now. But it was a, a fine drink while it lasted. Yeah, mine's just about there. Do you want to get a refill real quick? Let's do it. Hey, hey, you want a wonga? They want a wonga. They want a wonga wonga. They want a let go? Well, cheers, brother. Ah, cheers. It's my third one of the evening. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, I had to make one to test with, and then, well, I had to make a fresh one for the start, so... <laughs> Here here we are. A different kind of itis will come over us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. Mixing in the, the cactus fruit, I think, is a really fun way to go for a, a desert-inspired drink. Yeah, so Tatooine, right? Mm-hmm. You ranked it third behind Coruscant. I ranked it first. What do you think about Tatooine? I mean, the, the reason it really came in third, the only reason is just um, this deserts are kind of bare and featureless, blah, blah, blah. And I hate sand, of course. Second second time around for that joke. No apology still. I think if you have had more uh, smoking Larses than you made that joke, I think that's that's fine. There's a certain like inflection point where once you've drank enough, then the number of times you make that joke increases over it. Exponentially. It's been a long time since I took differential equations, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. You think Star Wars, you almost think tattooing at this point in terms of planet. Very iconic. Even, you know, the the Disneyland and Disney World part, mm-hmm. it's like on another planet, but boy, does it look like... Oh, Batu, I think is what that one's called. I think it, I think it makes an appearance in some, some a few novels and some books other, or comics. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that so far. Yeah, very Tatooine-ish. Yeah, like if you want something to look like Star Wars, you make it look like Tatooine. Which, I mean, I mean, episode four, I mean... First first planet we see, really. To me, it is Star Wars. It's funny. Star Wars has stars in the title. It ought to be space and spaceships. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's probably Tatooine as much as it is anything. 
I mean, if it weren't for the Crash Star Destroyers everywhere, I'd probably still think of Jakku as Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, it's hard not to. Mm. You know, I mean, Moss Eisley is so great, mm. right? We've talked about the sort of Casablanca vibe you get from it. You also get a Wild West vibe. I love the the canyons where they meet Obi-Wan. I love the sand crawlers. Yes. And the Jawas. One thing I hope we never see is the Jawas' faces. Like, I hope nothing ever shows us what they look like. It's just one of those things where it doesn't matter what it is, it's just going to be disappointing. I love the sand people. I love the pod races. Jabba the Hut has a whole castle there. The Sarlacc is, right? Oh, yeah. When we did our... We did our top monsters at the end of some episode, and I guess, I'm sure Sarlacc was our number one, right? I'd have to, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. If not, we're retconning it. Sarlacc is the best monster. Agreed. <laughs> Knowing us, it would have been between him and the Gorax or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the it's always a bigger fish <laughs> came in first. Jar Jar was the biggest, best monster. <laughs> He's the real monster. I just think it's. Uh, Really, really wonderful. I don't know. Any, anything we've left out about Tatooine? I mean, I think you, you've nailed it. It's it's just, it's it's so synonymous with Star Wars. I mean, I feel like the only reason we, you know, they haven't really gone back to it recently is just because it is, you know, they're wanting to actually, and I guess rightly so, you know, kind of expand on it. Like, it was maybe hit on again too heavily in the prequels, but, I mean, you know, having said that, I mean, we think we've also gotten some, I mean, as we've kind of seen here, some very good, you know, newer planets out of the more recent material. I mean, we talked about all the desert planets, but it's funny how even when they try to leave Tatooine, they can't. <laughs> right? I mean, Jakku just is Tatooine. Yeah. Jeddah just is Tatooine. I, I try to get out, but they keep pulling me back in. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew how to quit you. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just any any vaguely desertish place is, is Tatooine. Even just the outline of one of the moisture evaporators is immediately just Star Wars. Like, it just says Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Or the shape of any one of those round buildings on Mos Eisley. Mm-hmm. I just feel like even as much as, like, an X-Wing or a TIE Fighter, the outline of that just screams Star Wars. Yeah, I agree. Salacious B. Crumb lives on Tatooine. <laughs> I don't even know how to do it. Uh, I don't think either of us really can do it justice. Buffalo D2. Buffalo Bill R2-D2 was on Tatooine. It puts the Jawas on the fire. We would have never made that joke if not for Tatooine. All of the greats. Well, if there's a bright center to the universe, you're on the planet that it's farthest from. So maybe in a, a surprise finish, uh, which is always fun, drumroll please, number one planet in Star Wars, according to We Serve Droids podcast, is the ice planet Hoth. Set your course for the Hoth system. Came in first in Chris's list and second on mine. I mean, I, I, I will not try to hide that just sentimentality played a huge part in where this ended up in the number one slot on my list. Yeah, it was a it was a clear number two for me. Yeah, Hoth is uh, it's 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 hard it's hard to objectively think about it, but I'm just it's just got a it's such a cool planet and maybe a cool setting. You know, Echo Base is awesome in the whole battle sequence on Hoth. I think Hoth, I think Adats really. You know, the 
Imperial Blockade, you know, the Ion Cannon, Wampas, Tauntauns, just the whole spiel. I think it is really cool in how it encapsulates the sort of dire straits that the Rebel Alliance is in at the start of that movie. Yeah, just a very inhospitable remote base. Right. If they're here, things can't be going well for them. Yeah, exactly. And they don't have to say that, but it communicates that so well. The Imperials don't even show up and Luke gets taken out <laughs> by the uh, by the wildlife. I think I've probably mentioned this at some points in the past, but I like how the Wampas and the Tauntauns, I think maybe they have a similar kind of horn or something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, coming out. Something kind of says like these guys share like an evolutionary family, which I think is a cool touch. Space high yetis are fun. I mean, come on. What's not to like? Yeah, if only Yukon Cornelius and uh, that <laughs> elf had pulled his tooth out, it would have been a lot more friendly. Do you have a favorite scene on Hoth? Pretty much anything in, inside Echo Base is really cool. I like how it, you know, it just looks like it was just kind of carved out of you know ice, essentially, which I think that was the point. I mean, it's just, it looks like they just showed up and just kind of you know threw a door in and carved out like their own kind of ice cave in there. You know, the kind of haphazard way everything's kind of laid out. I mean, and of course, you know, like the whole Hoth battle is about as good as it gets for battle scenes in the original trilogy. Yeah, the battle is great. I'm Now that we're talking about it, that scene where the door closes to the Echo Base, knowing that Han and Luke are outside... Right, and Chewbacca, like, wails right when it closes. That's that's a great scene. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially, it's, it's accepting of they're, they're effectively dead at this point. Yeah, it's like closing the doors in, like, the arc. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, everything else is dead outside of here. On Hoth, everyone is very catty. Mm. Like, they're all very snippy. Yeah, like, I'm, I think no one appreciates, you know, the situation they're in or the environment. It would be very easy for that to come across as tiresome. Like, that's not an entertaining way to watch people. Mm -hmm. But I think the environment just makes you appreciate that. Yeah, we're not in the the warm temple on Yavin anymore here. So, uh, just looking down the list, right? There were things that got left off that we had both ranked. I had ranked Jedha ninth. We've talked about before. I like the sort of, it feels almost like, Jerusalem there and I love the sort of like I feel like there's like a like a fallen statue of like a Jedi somewhere yeah I think we see it I mean I think we see it you know as the either the planet's exploding and maybe on the way to to Saul's base somewhere in there like it's like a like a very like a like a big one like a huge one yeah it's the kind of thing that would have been in like Lord of the Rings or something it has a very like fantasy element to it of thinking about the sort of you know, glory days that, that Obi-Wan tells Luke about. You know, when he says, like, for over a thousand generations, the Jedis were the guardians of... And, and like, that's, you know, that fallen statue in a sort of, like, Ozymandias-esque kind of way evokes that, that Obi-Wan line to me. You get that awesome shot of the Star Destroyer, like, just kind of in atmosphere, like, hovering over the city there. Like, the whole, like, Death Star Eclipse firing sequence... This is amazing. Yeah. And then you had ranked a ninth, a very sort of like uh, outside the box pick, and it was Starkiller Base. Yeah, I wasn't sure about this one initially. I mean, it's, I don't know if the, I, don't, I couldn't find any information if the planet ever had an actual name, but uh, 
I, th- I felt that was kind of a kind of a cool sort of, you know, take on a planet, even though it is kind of more of a super weapon at this point. I guess, but it was made from a planet, right? It was a planet first. Yeah, I mean, that's that's my understanding. And it just, you know, converted into that. But, you know, we got, we got to see, you know, just like some, I mean, aside from the, the planet itself, you know, we see, you know, some some action, you know, some of the, the still natural parts of it and, you know, the attack on the, the base itself and all that. But I just thought that was, uh, it was just a, a cool, you know, way to make a uh, sort of a solar, solar system killing weapon out of a raw planet itself. And then in 10th, you had ranked Corellia. We talked about it a little bit in Solo. I, I, I was largely, I guess, just because of the, maybe sort of the, the view that gave us a, you know, post-Clone Wars sort of like imperial life. You know, I, I like, you know, the in sort of industrialized planet, you know, those shots of like half-constructed Star Destroyers and, you know, like huge sections of it being lifted up. You know, it's like TIE fighters on the assembly line and, you know, the, the, the whole sex sequence where they're, you know, kind of driving through all that's pretty cool. You know, the whole Imperial checkpoint kind of thing was very cool, I thought. You know, kind of a, this is what it was like for everyone else, you know, in the Empire. The very, like, Berlin Wall kind of atmosphere at that checkpoint. Yeah, exactly. Checkpoint Charlie, is that the sort of famous mm-hmm. one there at the I think wall? that's, yeah, the famous one. Yeah, now if you go to Corellia, there's, like, a little museum <laughs> and, you know. Yeah. They've got, like, cars where, you know, people would sit, like, inside the seat to get through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you get a section of uh of the old the old checkpoint wall metal. I thought when Ronald Reagan went to Corellia, it was uh, really a powerful moment <laughs> in, in history. Have the uh, the famous you know JFK speech, you know I- I'm Corellian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a jelly Corellian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our illusions get only more obscure yeah. <laughs> as the night goes on. Yeah, I, so my first thought was Corellia was my least favorite planet from Solo. I mean, we don't spend a ton of time there. Like, I actually went back and just watched the whole Corellia sequence, Lady Proxima <laughs> included, um, that when I was when I was thinking about it. And I was, I mean, yeah, I just I really liked just the sort of the even just the briefest glimpse we got of it. It's just kind of a it's a rare a rare thing that we haven't really got to see anywhere else that I can recall. Yeah, I mean, that whole Steve McQueen car chase is great. My point is, you're kind of talking me into it, because I was thinking, oh, I kind of like that Hoth ripoff planet Oh, with the train heist. Yeah, I I thought about that one, but I was, I I was like, I just, I I couldn't give it to it over, I mean, the train heist was cool. Yeah, it's a Hoth ripoff. Yeah, it's kind of like Jakku, you know, I had to give it to the OG, so it was, it was Hoth and it was Tatooine. Right, and... You know, so I like Hothropoff, but even more, I like the Mud Planet. Yeah. Um, oh, it has a name. I forget. <laughs> sure. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I looked up a lot of, a lot of planet, proper planet names for this doing rankings, but yeah, I've, I've forgotten most of them. It's like Dagobah plus like another thousand years of Yoda yes. poop <laughs> piled on top. Yeah. And, you know, the odd man-eating Wookiee. Yeah, the poop troopers <laughs> on that planet. The poop troopers are way cooler than the shore troopers in Rogue One. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd agree. Those like camo, right? Those sort of camo green. Yeah, I mean, because uh, Solo was in like the uniform you're talking about, right? Like kind of. Oh yeah, he was a poop trooper. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like the like the half helmet with like the kind of removable sort of breather mask or whatever. Yeah, almost snow trooper esque. Is it? I mean, I guess mud troopers is probably what they really were. Yeah, and I thought. 
Kessel was pretty cool. I don't know if we talked about this. Kessel was almost like a, it's, it's sort of a gained, you know, like whatever it was going to be, it was going to be a disappointment. Sort of the, the Jawa face of planets, in my opinion. Yeah, the fact that they were there and it wasn't a spice mine was like a big, from you know, um, I don't know what the opposite of a, I guess a little Willow vibe. <laughs> I, no, there was no Willow vibes uh, for weeks after going to Kessel and it not being a, a spice mine. Uh, but I still thought it was a cool looking place. And I like the Wild West town. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so that was your, your 10 pick. My 10 pick was very uh, out of left field. I believe it's called Felucia. And you get like a like a five second clip of it in Revenge of the Sith. It's where Ala Sakura, which is like one of the Twi'lek Jedis. So for like lesser nerds. That's like the species that have the head tails, <laughs> the sort of sexy Twi'lek Jedi. She dies on Felucia, but it's like a very like vibrant, colorful kind of jungly planet, almost like uh, where the avatars live. Pre-avatar, proto-avatar. Proto, uh, oh crap. Uh, Unobtainium. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, if, you hadn't, if I hadn't thought about it, I could have told you the name of the Pandora. planet. Thank you. Thank you. There are a bunch of cool planets in that sequence. I was a big fan of, uh, I think the the one where Plukoon bought it. Uh, that was the Cato uh, Nemoidia, where like they had like the. I was say yes, where the Nemoidians are from. Yeah, these weird like floating kind of building kind of things. Yeah, like the bridge kind of cities. Yeah, he's kind of flying through there. Yeah, that was a cool one. Yeah, that's a fun. Like you said, you get a lot of quick shots, and they're ones that I think like, and maybe it's because they're quick that you don't ever have to see behind the curtain. But I think the planets in that sequence really sell computer-generated planets. You know, like, I mean, look at our list. We have Hoth, we have Tatooine, right? Location, location, location. Mm -hmm. But those were cool, just green screen, let the animators go hog wild. And of those, Felucia was kind of my favorite. Oh, moi, moi, I love you! I... I love you. I, I, I love. So, uh, I have a few few questions about planets. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you have any for me. Oh, I've got a few. All right. So, uh, why don't you go first? All right. Um, this doesn't have to necessarily have to pertain to our top ten. Just kind of any Star Wars planet or locale. So, which planet do you think has the worst reviews on TripAdvisor? Oh, nice, nice. I'm going to go with Crate. Solid pick. <laughs> yeah, everything is rusted out. All the food is way too salty. Roving packs of dogs everywhere. <laughs> People said to come for the crystal foxes, but man, this this place is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, that one guy keeps licking the ground and telling you it's salt. And they're like, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> you've, you've told four people at this point. You just keep yelling it. I don't know. What do you think? What, what, what would you have said? Uh, Crate was up there. I thought about like a, like Dantooine <laughs> just, just for like the, like, the, <laughs> like I was told there was a rebel base here and there's nothing. Zero star. <laughs> oh, that's great. We need to create like for this like episodes, like promo images, a like, uh, 
a Dantooine. I told her I was told there'd be a whole base here <laughs> review. So uh, kind of related to that, Chris. Uh, right, lots of different cities in America claim to be the place you can get the best hot dog. Mm-hmm. Which planet in Star Wars could you get the best hot dog? I have to imagine there's some kind of, uh, like, Chewie's got some kind of, you know, pork hot dog going on New Dagobah. That'd be... Oh, that, yeah. That, that'd, be, that'd be my bet. Like, he's... There's some kind of, uh, like, Wookiee vendor out there, like, in a, in a cart just selling pork dogs. We've got the New York State Fair going on up here in Syracuse, which is enormous. Mm-hmm. And I bet there's pork dogs <laughs> somewhere. Every kind of dog you can mm-hmm. imagine. I mean, the easy answer is Coruscant, because, mm-hmm. like, urban places love their hot dog yeah. vendors. But, uh, you know, maybe Mustafar is the right choice. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> roast it anywhere you go. Just, you know, just walk around with one in your pocket. It'll, it'll be done. Place to hang out. Well, that's a, um, <laughs> a too low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I was going to make a wiener joke, and it's like, if there is, like... <laughs> I'm willing to make most penis jokes on this podcast, but that was too easy even for us. I'm not going there. Not enough smoking Larses to uh, to make right. The uh, swirling ice noise only grows louder and louder as the podcast <laughs> goes on. <laughs> oh. All right. So, what else you got? Uh, let's see here. What planet do you think is the one that you know most people wake up on after like an intergalactic bender? Sort of like the like oh you know went on this bachelor party and you know woke up in Mexico kind of thing. Like where do you? Where do you think people wake up at the most often? I, I think it's, I forget the name of it, but that planet or asteroid or moon or whatever it is that looks like the uh, the moon scene from Space Odyssey at the end of Revenge of Sith, where Padme dies in childbirth. Oh. <laughs> you wake up to that doctor telling you, like, you are missing your kidneys now. <laughs> you just, you woke up in like a, a back to tank full of ice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. With, with a, st- a little like, post-it yeah. note that says like thanks for the, the liver yeah. <laughs> that little droid is floating around going like oh, we seem to have lost your liver but we don't know why <laughs> we think you're just very sad i i had that one down for another i, I had which planet has the worst health care <laughs> yeah. little planetoid down for that you know in glengarry glen ross how they're selling like crappy Florida real estate. Mm-hmm. So what like planets like real estate is Jack Lemon trying to like <laughs> sell you like, a scam on <laughs> from Glen Gary Glen Ross. Oh, that's a good one. Um Jawa juice is for closers. <laughs> First prize is a new XP thirty eight land sweeter. Second prize is a <laughs> set of set of lightsaber knives. Third prize is your fire. <laughs> I'm glad this segment got us to maximum warp. Surely there's gotta be someone like trying to uh like resell uh like Jetta City property to people who don't know it's been blown up yet. <laughs> Something like that. It's like, yes, there's a cor- corner lot in Jetta City. <laughs> These are the Glen Jetta leads, and you don't get them. <laughs> Which planet do you think is most sort of like serves as like the, uh, like the offshore tax haven for the, uh, the ultra wealthy? <laughs> this is too on the nose. My assumption is that it's um, Monte Calderon. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the real life name of that place? Canto Bight was the the town. The planet was something else. 
the planet was is Cataconia, I think. I think that's right. Cataconia and Canto Bites the City. Gosh, I'm never going to remember that. Yeah, there, there's your Star Wars trivia. Gotcha for the next time you're in you're in bar trivia. So, I'm, I mean, two on the nose, but I guess I'll say Monte Calderon. I had thought of that one and I was like, eh, like Scarif's like a, you know, sort of like a uh, tropical, uh, like off, your offshore tax haven. Got the planetary shield there. Oh, the shield is yeah. nice. Yeah, you, it's tough to like transmit information, yeah, right? Exactly. You're not going to get any like Panama papers <laughs> transmitted like off that, that yeah. planet. Uh, and I also thought about whatever the train planet was, like just kind of the Switzerland of, you know, Switzerland of the galaxy, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. The Hoth ripoff mm-hmm. is a very, yeah, yeah. There's no extradition <laughs> off that planet. The uh, asteroid with the space worm and the Minox mm-hmm. is like in international waters. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's legal out there. Right. That's like where the, uh, what was the name of the um, Scientology boat? Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, it's hanging out in the in that <laughs> asteroid field. So I've got I got a series for you, Chris. I'm gonna give you a planet. We've all seen House Hunters, mm-hmm. right? So you tell me if we're watching like House Hunters Galaxy and it's on this planet, I wanna know the job of the person looking and their budget for a house. Oh man. Alright. So uh we'll start with Tatooine. Alright. Uh Moisture Farmer 2 on the nose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that's right, or, yeah. Or, or uh, Bantha Salesman, <laughs> something like that. Racist Bartender. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pod, race, pod, pod Race Mechanic or something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'll say like he's they're, they're, both, they're both Moisture Farmers, and uh, their budget's, I don't know, 200,000 Republic credits, but they're no good here. So... <laughs> They're in a real bind. <laughs> nice. What about indoor? Mm. Uh, let's see. It could be a ship crash survivor, maybe. Uh, <laughs> what else? Uh, the to- Tawanis? Yeah. Is that <laughs> uh, it could be like a, like a Death Star shield tech or something like that. One of the Emperor's f- finest legions. I think it's a, a stormtrooper who's quit his job to, to play like... Helmet drums in an Ewok band. (laughs) Helmets may or may not still inside. Right. Or head head still, still, yeah. And I'll say uh, he's looking for like a three bedroom, two and a half bath treehouse in the, we'll say in the four to six thousand helmet range, something like that. All right. Well, I think that we've, we've achieved what we came here to do. You want to hand out jackets, or what were you thinking? Yeah, let's do it. I live for furs. I worship furs. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives it? Oh, please, won't you see my vest? We're looking at planets tonight. This is a hard thing to know what to even give a, a fur jacket to, Chris. What did you find to be the most conspicuous recipient for a fur jacket award? So largely for appearing and then disappearing in in, in a very conspicuous fashion and leaving us with way more questions than answers <laughs> about you know what the hell was going on there. I'm gonna give this to uh, the uh, former Republic, New Republic capital of old Hosnian Prime. 
Okay. The, At first, I thought you were making a Camino El Camino oh, no. joke. <laughs> like the 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 planet everyone thought was Coruscant, but then then later looked up that it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very conspicuous. You think they just didn't want to blow up Coruscant? That had to be the reason. Like there, there's is Luke was Lucas group just like no, we need we need Coruscant. Yeah, like it's like you can you can waste these other five planets, but you got to leave you know at least Coruscant you know alive in the back end. Its whole existence is conspicuous. Why is there another capital planet? Yes, that's that's also like it looked like looked to be like a giant city planet. I went with one, but I went with Mustafar mm-hmm. for being a little too cartoonish, evil layer planet. Yeah. <laughs> it is that. <laughs> yeah, it is like the Doctor Evil basin of volcano. That is the volcano layer planet. <laughs> right. I expected Hank Scorpio to be like you know, fighting James Bond in the background. Yeah, solid pick. Extra, extra, extra large fur jackets wrapped around those two planets. Yes. Mustafar's is getting singed. <laughs> hey, not as bad as Osnian Prime. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we'll just like uh, wrap the rubble in a in a, in a fur coat or something. Well, I'd like to thank all the listeners who made it this far with us. I'd like to thank the cactus that produced the prickly pears that we drank tonight. (laughs) Of course, I'd like to thank Computer Music All-Stars for providing the music that we use in this show. And I'd like to encourage our listeners to tell a friend about this show. If you've listened to this late of the show, you must have enjoyed it. You probably know another Star Wars fan or someone who would enjoy it. So please let them know about the show. Tell them which episode they should start with, one you've liked. And that's really the biggest way you can help this show. And if you've just got to uh, reach out to us via voice, uh, you can try us at 512-WE-SERVE. That's 512-937-3783. You can email us at weservedroids at gmail.com. You can reach us on on the Twitter at We Serve Droids. I believe we're on the Facebook as well. Yeah, and of course there is WeServeDroids.com. And the best reason to go there is the bar guide mm. that has all of our recipes. Let me swirl my drink close to the mic here. Get some ice action going. <laughs> Audacity needs a remove ice cube sound. Yes, for the for the alcoholic podcasts out there. <laughs> And, of course, we'd really love it if you could leave us a nice five-star rating and a nice review on iTunes. Chris and I are thinking about increasing our output, but we sort of have to formulate our plans on that. But we'll, of course, let our listeners know what happens on that end. But the worst-case scenario is that you can still find us on the first of every month. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast, and we will talk to you and each other in a month. See you then, Chris. If not sooner, Scott. During the planet from the opening of Rogue One. It's almost desert-like, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's like Prairie Home yeah. Can Planet. Yeah, and it's... but Prairie Home Can Planet? <laughs> can I do that pun? Yes, I'm a little drunk. I want to do that one. A Prairie Home Can Planet. We'll we'll do one last one, Chris, and we'll do the, wait, wait, don't tell me. You can guess the last line, okay? His music is like a drug, not a placebo. 
He'll play in Dungeon, Cell Barge, or Gazebo. The Blue Man Group can suck on his poop, because everyone loves... Max Rebo. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was a good one. You guys look like... What do they look like, Jimmy? Dorks. <laughs> they look like a couple of dorks. 